Red Sox Nation, it's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, a Fenway home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of the Red Sox Nation, it's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I fake a smile, no. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. And tonight, post game reaction from game one of the ALDS. For everyone staying up extra late tonight on Periscope, this podcast can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher in Player FM, as well as several other apps all across the internet. Red Sox just wrapped up Game 1 against the Astros tonight, losing, I believe it was 7-2 to two when all was said and done. I am Terry Cushman, and I am joined tonight by Jeremy Schilling and Billy Hollihan. How are you, gentlemen? Pretty shitty. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Um, we're not playing the Yankees anymore, are we? <laughs> no, we're playing a good team now. J-Hap uh, was uh, not uh, against us tonight. Um, Justin Verlander on the mound and pretty stout as he has been throughout his postseason career. So, uh, Chris Sale, obviously not very sharp. Uh, so, let's get into that. Um, any concerns going forward? Is he healthy? Is it just mechanical? Like, why was he so bad tonight? Well, I'm going to assume it's health reasons. I mean, his velocity was inconsistent, his location was absolutely terrible. His body language sucked for Chris, uh, for Chris, for, uh, for, for sale. His body language is absolutely terrible. Um, you know, I mean, I, I just can't be upset with him because he, he battled and he fought and he did what he could to get through four innings. Um, and, and frankly speaking, Nunez just needs to put his fucking glove in the dirt and he makes that play now. That's quite the leap because you're just going to assume he's going to throw the ball into the stands, but that's a ball that I would say 28 out of 30 major league third basemen at least field. So it's just really frustrating um, that at the same moment you need those mom- you know you need those plays from your fielders, your team when your when your stud is clearly not himself, and this team didn't do it tonight. Um, so moving forward. Extremely concerned. Um, I don't. I don't know how anyone could not be extremely concerned. Uh, inconsistent velocity is a sure sign of a typical arm problem, or some some mechanical thing like just 
you know, you know, sometimes it can be lower body, sometimes it can be arm related, but we know he's got the shoulder problem, so I'm just going to assume that it, it ties into that. Um, I didn't see anything where his mechanics were completely off. I, I, I mean, I just saw that, you know, for whatever reason, various pitches were coming out of his hand differently, and, um, you know, just extremely disappointing. Yeah, you got to assume it's health. I mean, Sale doesn't walk four guys in four innings. That's just not who he is. And he did only give up one hit. Like, you're right, he battled. And they didn't battle for him. Excellent point. Um, They need to fight the way he was fighting. Yeah, and I mean, against the Yankees, I mean, he, he was definitely a lot better. His velocity was the big topic going into that start with the Yankees because his Final appearance of the regular season, his velocity was at an all-time low. So when he came out against the Yankee lineup and he was mid-90s, everybody kind of took a deep breath and, you know, a sigh of relief. And tonight it was, I think his average fastball velocity was 91-something. And it was cold, but it's just... Who knows? And it was it was it a makes mo- you wonder. It makes you wonder if that eighth inning the other night was a bad idea. I even and feel I know- even against the Yankees in his start, he was kind of living off his slider. Like I feel like he wasn't confident in his fastball either. True. And when he came out for that fourth inning uh, tonight, it, it was extremely slider heavy. I noticed and. Uh, that was probably his best inning uh, outside of the first anyway. And, um, yeah, he looked good in the fourth. Yeah, Cora just at 86 pitches, I guess he just decided, you know, it's you know best to live to play another day, hopefully. Um, and, yeah, and tomorrow. Pulled him out. And that's what I was about to get at. I mean, we've bashed David Price the last couple of episodes, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw him out there. I mean, Price might have been able to come out of the pen tonight if the, you know, if the philosophy was different heading into the postseason here, into the ALCS, I mean. And um, he's going to start. And good chance we're down 0 for 2. And it's just hard to imagine if that does happen that we're going to go into Houston and win 2 out of 3. To come back to Fenway, it's just that's a really tough sell right now. Hard to disagree with that. Yeah, I don't see us winning tomorrow, and t- tonight was a must-win, and we didn't do it. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know. I it'll be interesting, you know, over the next several hours and throughout tomorrow to see what the tone is, but. Um, I just feel like Red Sox fans just took this series a little a little too lightly and a lot for granted. I know, Jeremy, you picked the Red Sox in, in Game 7, and obviously, you know, that's, prob- that's probably the most realistic outcome if the Red Sox were going to win this series. But And I could be wrong, and we could be surprised going forward, but... But what we know about this team is it just doesn't handle these type of situations too well. 
before we get into some other things, well, hold on, hold on, just to just to counter those two points because. Um, sorry, let me skip that. And my dog, I don't. Can you hear my dog barking behind me? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, look. Let's not overreact because it's one game. I mean, I, I think part of the extreme negativity is that it's priced tomorrow. But it makes it feel like two. I, I, all right, it's fine, and I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, let's not lose fact of the site that if price comes out and surprises tomorrow, and it is 1-1, this podcast is a lot happier tomorrow. All right, so I, I look, I, I just it's a seven-game set. We've been in enough playoff series, you know, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm a fan of all four sport, sports teams in Boston. You know, there's been enough times where, uh, you know, the Bruins in 11 lost every uh, game one and wound up winning the cup. And it's just, let's not overreact to one loss. I mean, you know, it's, they scored seven runs. They made the big plays. They had the big, you know, they made all of the decisive plays in the game. But it's still one loss. And while I maybe now would like to flip my prediction to Astros in six, but. It doesn't mean that the series is over. It's just one game, and I understand that sales hurt and, and all these things, but that's why they play them. All right. Uh, so let's see what happens tomorrow. I know I'm, you know, the, Terry's probably rolling his eyes so hard he might pass out over there, but it's just still got to play the games, and uh, I just refuse to believe that this team is going to fold up shop when they haven't given that indication this year at all. Now, typically they have, but that was under Farrell. All right, our manager went out and did what he felt like he had to do to spark his team today. It ultimately didn't work. But, you know, he was smart enough to understand the team needed a spark. He needed to stand behind Ben Intendi there. He did. Sometimes getting thrown out is not a bad thing. Sometimes it's done on purpose. And obviously he knew by arguing that call he was going to get thrown out. So let's just assume he did it on purpose. And Oh, I didn't it, hate him getting thrown out. I didn't hate that so at all. I just, I just think that, you know... It's doom and gloom tonight. I'm just as bummed as anybody. I had this as a must-win game seven, I think was my analogy. So, um, And I have very little hope in Price, but I'm still going to watch the game. I'm still going to hope that he performs. I'm still going to hope that my prediction of Red Sox and seven is right. It just doesn't look so hot right now. Well, Do you guys think Nunez is in the lineup tomorrow? Who, who is in the lineup? Do you think Nunez is in the lineup tomorrow? I, there's no way, right? I don't want to see him until Dallas Keuchel at the absolute earliest. <laughs> I wouldn't be upset if they lied to Nunez and said, hey, look, game two's in Houston, and he was <laughs> on a flight and no one else was. <laughs> um, he fucking sucked tonight. He didn't show up, and I'll just tell you right now, you, the two errors are terrible. Um, and I actually think they called they scored the first one a hit again uh, off air. I admitted to you guys that I was out with my family tonight and was watching the game on my phone, so I didn't have sound. But it was an on, error dude. to all of us. You're a big league fucking defender. Put your goddamn glove on the ground and, and block the ball. You know your pitcher doesn't have it. Go make a play. Go go make a play. And he lot and he dove like he didn't even need to dive. I've seen that play a hundred times. I've seen it slow down. I've seen it regular speed. Like. Maybe his 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 plant foot slipped, and that's why he went to the ground. But, like, dude, be on the balls of your feet, have a quick first step, get your glove down, and feel the fucking ball. And then the second one, I mean, you know, 
as I've said on this podcast before, I'm 25 pounds overweight and I'm long past my prime, but I think I could have turned that double play. Yeah, I'm a lefty and I probably could have turned that. Like, there was no excuse. The guy gave you no chance. I honestly, I hope they put him on a flight to Houston to just say, look, we'll see you in game three. And on that first ball, like, he's got to at least keep that in front of him and save one of the runs. Like, that's just ridiculous. Devers, for all the lack, like, Devers is a liability defensively, too. Like, they're both liabilities, but Devers has to be in the lineup. He's a better bat, at least, you know? Devers' liability is throwing the ball. Throwing the ball. He, he get jinx one, two, three, four, five, you owe me a Coke. I don't know how, you're a young <laughs> kid. You may not remember that, but look, that sucked. I'm sorry. That absolutely sucked. And he sucked. He's offering nothing offensively. He shouldn't have been in the lineup. I think we universally agreed on that on the, on the, on the last podcast. I just, I, you know, I'm more, I'm pissed at him. <clears throat> if I had to direct blame in, at one specific point, it would be Eduardo Nunez. I thought he absolutely sucked. Yeah, De- he's Devers. Um, Devers, excuse me. My, forgot my volume wasn't up. Um, he is Cora's guy, excuse me. And I don't know why it doesn't really make a lot of sense. When Farrell kept going to Nunez in 2013, when everybody wanted Bogarts in there, I understood it because of the defense. Like, it, it made sense in, in that regard. It doesn't make any sense, really, for Nunez to be in there. If if Devers was hot at the end of the season, he should be playing for at least the first six innings of the game. And then maybe not Nunez, but maybe that's when Holt gets put in or, or something. And he's going to be under a lot of pressure to probably put – anybody else other than Nunez at first and everybody was raving about his moves uh you know against the Yankees in in game four there when when Vasquez hit the home run and um Kinsler a lot of people didn't want him at second they wanted Holt because he had just hit for the cycle and but the Nunez thing is gonna bite him hard if he doesn't if he doesn't make a change there because he's he's not a good defender and his bat just doesn't isn't an upgrade over Devers so um <laughs> so he's gotta he's gotta do something different I want to kind of touch on something that you touched on Jeremy and I was already planning on uh, doing this anyway and I'm not a big fan of Cora getting ejected because it'll spark the team because when he does get ejected, that just tells me that most of them are probably disheveled, their head's not in the game, they're not locked in, they're they're letting the umpires get in their, get in their heads. And, and granted, the umpires made some pretty bad calls. That strike zone was really inconsistent all night long. And... But they can't let that get the best of them. And that's what Farrell did. Farrell was always chirping from the top of the dugout step at the at the umpires. And I just don't see what it's gonna what it's gonna prove. And Showalter with the Orioles, same way. He had a team just full of nothing but crybabies for the last few years. And go back to 04, you didn't see Francona chirping at the umpires incessantly from the dugout his team was always calm they were always locked in and that's why they made history i don't want to see i don't want to see cora 
you know, crying from the dugout step all the time. I just want these guys to keep their heads in the game, stay locked in. I don't, every time Benintendi came up tonight, he looked extremely disinterested. There was no urgency at all. Mookie had a leadoff hit, which was nice, but that was about the extent of any impact he had in the game. And he just hasn't shown up yet this month. And I just... I want these guys to just focus on the game and do what they have to do and, and brush the small stuff, you know, off their backs and, and focus. I just – tonight, to me, was not much different from what we saw last last uh, October when Pedroia had his little meltdown, Farrell got ejected. That was just a team that, that was going to lose because their heads weren't in the right spot. That, but that's why Cora went out and got himself thrown out of the game because he knew his team didn't have it, and they obviously weren't going to spark themselves. So he said, all right, you guys want an obvious indication that I think you suck tonight? All right, I'm going to argue a ball that was just outside, and that's uh, – I mean, that, he, that, 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 he know, that's, he had to do that in his mind because he, he knew what they were. And he knew they weren't prepared, and he knew they were not ready to go. So he did it for that exact reason. It didn't. It didn't work. If that's what his intent was, but he he didn't really charge at the umpire. He was still over in the dugout, and I think a lot of people were surprised. You know, I I didn't think that that was was in and of itself really worth getting ejected. You know, for the umpire to eject him, I should say. But um, obviously, he was probably taking a lot of abuse anyway, you know, throughout the night. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just want to see these guys more focused. And, and yeah, he gets ejected or not, we still lose. So yeah, and and they weren't they weren't fired up after. So hopefully, they have they a team meeting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hopefully, they have it a was team just a meeting. Case of the Astros wanting it more. Right, and I mean, they were just, you know, I mean, they just really haven't lost a step from last year. It's the same team, yeah. and, and you know, they've made some upgrades. Yeah. Like, exactly. We're going to see uh, Garrett Cole tomorrow, and and uh, we saw Ryan Presley tonight, and um, we didn't see Ozuna because, you know, the ninth inning kind of got away from us, but... Um, and, I mean, you're not going to win any games walking 10 guys, especially when I think Springer was their leadoff, got walked twice. I want to say Altuve got walked once and Bregman got walked three times. You can't walk the top three guys in the order. I mean, that's just asking for trouble. They had 10 walks tonight. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, and it was just so startling because he got those first two outs like nothing. And I thought, wow, this is going to be like a 10-pitch inning. And then before we knew it, it was like a 40-pitch inning. And all on two outs. It was just crazy. And I was just about to tweet something, too. I was about to say, wow, sales really shown up this postseason. And I didn't tweet it. And uh, it's a good thing because everybody would have accused me of uh, jinxing him. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot a lot not to like. Um Another thing that uh, I wasn't crazy about was, and this is a perfect example of, of the team not being focused, was 
JD, I can't remember if he checked his swing or if it was just a called strike three, but the catcher didn't come up with it. He probably would have been safe if he ran to first, but he felt like he had to argue with the umpire. He was arguing, yeah. And then, and then by the time he realized, oh, shit, I need to be running, he, he got about halfway there and then was thrown out. That's just another another bad look, you know, for a team that just didn't show up tonight, you know, ready to win. It was stupid. Once the call gets made, why are you arguing? He's not going to change. You can't change the call. Run to fucking first base. You could We could have a base runner. Like Yeah, in the inning. And Mookie just doesn't show up in these games either. And I don't want to bash Mookie because he's the MVP. But, I mean, he had, what, bases loaded, I think? Was it in, like, the fifth or whatever? And he grounded out. Like, Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I, I just... That's going to be a topic for the off season. You know, if, if he doesn't make an impact on this uh, on this series, you know. Um, I, I tweeted out before the game as well. I'm like, he doesn't have to be Big Poppy. He just needs to be 2007 Mike Lowell. <laughs> well, we'll live with that, you know, just make an impact that way. But there was another time, I mean, I can't remember if Nunez, excuse me, uh, Leon was still in the game. And Brad, Bradley's another guy, just completely disappeared so far. Uh, and then who was batting seventh? Was it Nunez? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's just no way these guys are getting on, you know. And then for you know Mookie's turn to come around, it's just yeah. I mean, it's just two different teams. The Astros one through nine, everyone can hit. And like, you're you're right. Our seven, eight, nine guys is just three outs. This is giving them outs. Right. Um, what's the backup plan tomorrow if Price doesn't go more than a few innings? Like, does Erod uh, come in at that point? Yeah, I was going to say probably Erod, right? Yeah. I have a choice. And the other thing, too, is if, let, let's say, for argument's sake, I'm wrong and Price does show up, are these guys going to hit? You know, are they going to get it together tomorrow against Cole? Yeah, and like. You're still going against an ace. Like, look, I, the indication is that every big moment went to Houston tonight, and so it's just that's the biggest concern that that they're they were tight and they weren't ready for today, and that just has me really concerned for tomorrow because the exact opposite is going to likely happen, which is they know that they're going to have a serious issue scoring runs. They know that Price probably is going to give up runs, especially early. So. Um, you know, that's why I think one of the reasons why game one was so troubling, um, you know, and I don't know. I just hope that we get the the David Price we saw on September 7th against Houston and that Friday night game and, and, and just he somehow gives you a chance because nothing today indicates that um, that they're going to be ready for tomorrow. Um, I do hope that maybe Nunez being in the lineup may be a spark because that kid – seemingly um is okay with the moment and 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 kind of shows up in those spots so i mean we're definitely going to see him right? yes i what did i say nunez I, yeah, yeah, yeah uh yeah i mean i mean devers i mean if we see nunez tomorrow that's just I, there's just going to be no explanation for it hashtag fire cora no just kidding <laughs> um yeah um 
I got I got a quote right here um, from one of the beat writers. Uh, it, it's from Cora during his press conference. He says on his ejection, "It's kind of embarrassing that it happens in the playoffs. You can't argue balls and strikes." And then they said, but he went on to uh, say further that he was trying to protect Benintendi from um, getting ejected because he was jawing a little bit at the umpire. But I didn't think, when I saw that, I wasn't too alarmed that he would necessarily get tossed because he did kind of continue walking to the dugout. And um, yeah, and then they went to commercial, and we had no idea Cora had been ejected until they came back. But uh, with Price, I mean, he, he just, he needs to go, he, he needs to at least keep us in the game. I mean, some of my concerns are that if he gets down early, two or three runs within the first couple of innings, this crowd is not going to lay off of him. They're going to be, they're going to be booing him. They're probably going to be saying some highly inappropriate things. And I'm skeptical as to whether or not he can keep his own composure and just kind of grind out a couple more innings to save us from bringing in this bullpen. And if if he gives up, say, four or so, and, and the, but the Red Sox can put four on the board, you know, maybe we just win a higher scoring game and can just grind it out and maybe manufacture some runs with some of our, our base running. But I think that's really the best case scenario with Price tomorrow. Yeah, when four runs is the best case scenario, <laughs> we got problems. Yeah, I mean, if it's four runs over five innings and we're still somewhat in the game, I mean, when he came out last Saturday, it was only three to one. And I mean, so we weren't really out of it until Erod gave up that three run shot in the sixth. But, um,. It's just crazy to think this is how we talk about a five-time All-Star and a Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And, I mean, I thought for sure after that start, we're not going to see him start. Like, he's going to stay in the bullpen. And sure enough, he starts. And the media, like, the last few days, like, the, the Red Sox beat writers are like state media like they don't they won't say anything bad about anybody cuz they're probably afraid that their credentials are going to get revoked or something cuz if you notice all of Price's meltdowns other than the Evan Drellish one have always been against national guys like I think one of them was Tom Verducci and um I forget the other guy's name Dick something um it's it's never the local guys that really put the pressure on these guys. And it's just they're making the case that he, he might have a good start. And it just doesn't it just doesn't happen in October. What he does against these teams in the regular season never seems to matter. And I think when we're down, we're already down one nothing, And it's going to be pretty chilly tomorrow night. We know he doesn't like that. <laughs> I just think the pressure is going to be through the roof, and I just I don't think he can handle it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not excited to watch him pitch tomorrow. I mean, like you said, it's going to be in the low 50s. I don't get why he's not going game four. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, because he has the highest upside of what you got left. And look, the way they win the game tomorrow is they score a touchdown. Um, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They got to score. They got to score early. 
they probably have to score in four or five different innings. They have to be consistent with their output. And the problem with that is the guy they're facing, you know, was their best starter in the ALDS against Cleveland. So um, I think if you expect to win a game, I mean, look, as you guys know, I'm, I bet on these games. I'm going to assume the over-under is going to be like eight or nine. I'll take the over uh, just because of the David Price factor. But, um, you know, I, I you got to expect that a good start from David is going to be a lot like what Price did today, where he battles, finds a way to get through four innings, two runs, and, you know, the bullpen is what it is. It's it, We knew going into the playoffs – uh, and we knew going into the series that it was going to be a problem, and then your best pitcher only gives you four innings. So now all of a sudden you're asking Kelly to do more than he's capable. He was left in too long, you know, and then the bullpen just gets stretched out to to a – and by the way, notice we didn't see a starter today. So the bullpen gets stretched out so far. It will, it gets stretched out to a point where Cora and the coaching staff was not prepared for it to go. Um, you know, those guys weren't, you know, and that saw in Kelly, they tried to keep Kelly in there to, to clear another inning because they knew that they were going to have an, unacc- an unaccounted three outs. And that assumed they got to Kimbrell because tonight they didn't. So it just, it's just a microcosm of a whole bunch of problems. And now we got David Price tomorrow. I just hope they can find a way. I hope Cole doesn't have it. I hope they can get some runs early often. And if they can, um, it still may not be enough. Yeah, and let's not forget he um, pitched seven strong against Cleveland, struck out twelve. So seems to be dialed in. So yeah, I mentioned that he was their best guy in the ALDS. So yeah, it's a problem. And obviously, look, Terry, I'm waiting for you to kind of hammer me because um, I think one of my biggest points in our last last podcast was Fenway Park. Uh, newsflash. The Astros don't give a fuck. I mean, they're they're celebrating in our in the visitors dugout like they're going to the local Houston bar after the game. I mean, for Christ's sake, have some discomfort, you know. And uh, you know, I don't know. Again, I watched the game on my phone except for the eighth and ninth inning, so I didn't get the sense that the crowd was you know given one way or it was light or it was you know it was an electric factor. I can't really tell you. Maybe you guys can clue me in on that. But like. That team just doesn't care, and, and you know, that's something maybe I underestimated, for being honest. I don't like to admit that I'm wrong, but maybe I'm wrong here. Um, so they obviously love the big moment. Bregman goes on Scott Van Pelt the other night and says, you know, enough with this 4 o'clock start times. We're prime time. And he came up with some cheesy, and he incorporated the Astros name in that phrase. I can't remember what it was. But, like, my thought was, well, you know, well, you know, it's kind of, you know, chalkboard talk. Like, the, the, the Sox are going to notice that. You know, obviously they noted, they noticed the Yankees playing New York, New York. Um, well, it didn't matter because they are prime time because they got every big hit. They made every big play. And uh, the Red Sox at home, where I thought they'd have an advantage, did the exact opposite. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's kind of ridiculous, like, the how many fans were leaving in the ninth, I don't care how much you're down by. It's a playoff game. Like you got to stay and be loud, regardless. It, even it's five runs, you know. Like I don't know. That kind of baffled me. Yeah, the crowd was really quiet early the first few innings, and then when we put those couple of runs on the board, 
and uh, you know had the bases loaded there um it was more into it it sounded a lot like yankee stadium you know at the start of those games and and then you know then we kind of grinded and then the ninth inning happened but um i just i just took the astros for what they are and you know i know jeremy you 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 put some stock into the home field thing and and i just the the astros have been there you know they've they've done that they've passed all the tests previously they're not going to rattle. We were rattled right from the get-go, it seemed like, you know, and Sale getting off to a rough start probably set the table for that. But um, I just – they're a good baseball team. And I, I knew from the moment these playoffs were about to begin that they were the best baseball team in, in MLB. And and that doesn't mean we weren't going to be able to beat them. I'm, I'm seriously concerned now being down – you know, one to nothing, but, but, you know, I still thought there was a chance and, um, we'll see. Like I said, hopefully Cora has a team meeting. I like the fact that he said he was embarrassed. So maybe, maybe he just like, you know, rounds everyone up and says, look, we know what we need to do. And, and they go out tomorrow and do it. And if they're going to get to A.J. Cole, they're going to have to be a pain in his ass. They're going to have to steal bases, manufacture runs, keep him on edge. And if they can do that, maybe maybe we eke it out. I don't know. So based on your last comment, being aggressive, and your comment about 90 seconds ago, the way they started the game, here, here's my comment. Betts gets a leadoff base hit and then promptly steals second. Now, I don't know, and I haven't listened to Cora's comments, if that was a straight steal or a hit and run. I hate a hit and run in the first inning. That's what with it no was. Outs. It was a hit and run, like, I think. Okay. What the fuck are you doing, Cora? Like, try harder. Show your team that you're pressing before the game even starts. And I complimented it because I did think the getting thrown out was was not the wrong move. I'm not going to say it was the right move, but I don't think it necessarily hurt the team. But, you're, you you know, Mookie gets on. By the way, he from what I could tell, again, I was watching on my phone, he gets a good jump. You know he's an elite base stealer. You know he's an elite athletic slider. And he can beat throw. He can steal a bag even though maybe the throw beats him. And what do you do? You hit and run. In the first inning, with a man on and no outs. That is like, to me, that's like, I have to press. I have to manufacture. Like, no. How about you just send Betts because he's an elite base dealer? And and then and then and then afterwards, when Benintendi flies out to left, why don't you just send him again? If if you want to be aggressive, just don't take the bat out of the hitter's hand in the first fucking inning. Just send him. Just and if he gets thrown out, he gets thrown out. Fine. You know, fine. But you know, look. Mookie Betts is like an 88% base stealer. I don't have the stats in front of me. The best catchers in Major League Baseball throw runners out only 33% of the time or 30% of the time. So you're you're looking at somewhere between a 75 and an 85% chance to steal that bag. If you want to be aggressive, do it that way. Don't take the bat out of Benintendi's hands and make him swing at a ball up in a way that he just fl- – like, honestly, off the bat, I was like, oh, I think that's a foul ball. Wrong. Like, he's a good enough hitter where he actually put it in play. And you just take the bat immediately out of his hand, and that's it. I mean, it's just it, 
he's he was you know that to me was okay you know and again some of it i think dials back to him. he deifies the astros like core we get it like you were part of that team you think really highly of him but he's all, within seven pitches of this series he was already managing it differently than the yankees series yeah so yeah. that's a good point and i i think part of what might have been going on is he's playing against his old boss and maybe maybe he just was trying to impress him and out maneuver oh, him. Fuck me if that's the case. Well <laughs> seriously, just fuck me running if that's the case. Like grow a sack, Cora, and be independent. Be your own guy. You got your own ball club. You won hundred and eight games. Management has stood behind you. Except for Dombrowski doing anything to adjust the, the bullpen, they gave you everything you needed to be successful here. Like, if that is, and, and, and the reason why I'm set, Terry, because I think you're onto something there. I think on the ring night or something, he made some stupid comment, like, I can finally let this go. And it was like a month past the season, like his ring night, his specific ring night. And it was like May 2nd. And it was like, we'd already played 30 games. And he's like, I can finally let last year go. What the hell are you talking about, Alex? Yeah. You, you're, you're on to bigger and better things, dude. You got a major promotion. You're managing one of the uh, of the big league clubs. The fact that you're still even talking about the Astros was always concerning to me. And then tonight, and I think you're right, Terry. I think he actually is like trying to like, you know, play chess when when the Astros are just doing what they do. And you hit and run. Like I'm sorry, you hit and you don't hit and run in that cir- circumstance. You know, and I'm not a big league mind. You know, I, I but I did play college baseball. I like to think that I know a little bit about game management, uh, although I could be admittedly giving myself a little too much credit here. I don't know that I've ever seen a hit and run on like the fifth pitch of the game with your with your with your one of your most consistent hitters up. It's just it's shocking to me. Yeah, and uh, and, I, and by the way, I'm not surprised that that's what happened and that they didn't make any big plays because your your man your managers your your managers giving you the indication and these guys are all big league players like they know how to play the game and every time the uh, manager makes a call or makes a switch like the clubhouse is sitting there going I agree I don't agree blah 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 well guess what <laughs> I've wa- I probably watched 135 140 of the 162 this year I don't remember them ever doing something like that in all those games so you, you're doing something for the first time in the ALCS against your former employer. It just it just sucks, and I hate it. And I think and I think it was a microcosm of the way the team played. And now now that I'm thinking about it this way, I think that's why he had to go out and get himself thrown out of the game a few innings later. Yeah, I mean, he, he might have, but I don't. I don't honestly watching it on TV. I don't think he was really expecting it to be honest. You know, and it it just happened. I just think whatever it was in that moment might have been minor, but there was just so much build up from an inning or two before that that's all it took at that point, and he he got tossed. But he didn't he his he didn't have his club prepared, regardless of what his intent was with the injection, and and that's what's important. And they need to. They need to be locked in tomorrow, and they need to be firing on all cylinders. And hopefully the lineup is a little more appropriate with maybe Devers at least starting the game and, you know, and then 
filled out accordingly. I liked Bogarts hitting fourth, and I liked Pierce hitting fifth. You know, it, you know, because typically he was um, Bogarts is usually the five hole hitter, and then Pierce is up in the three spot. I thought he had it. I thought he had it structured really well tonight, but um, you know, didn't didn't pan out. And it you know with Nunez that was kind of a buzzkill. Here's a question for you, and I know what the answer would have been back then, but. Knowing what we know now, if you could go back to late 2016, would you take Verlander over Sale, or do you still stick with Sale, both of you? That's tough. I mean, you got to probably go Verlander because Sale can't doesn't stay healthy. Right. I mean, it's a loaded question because you're asking it after tonight's game where – yeah. And Verlander wasn't great, especially in that, was it the fifth inning? He did. Um, yeah. look, look, Chris Sale is 29 years old. Uh, Verlander's 35 years old. I wouldn't do anything differently. The optics obviously aren't great right now because Sale is clearly not himself. And for whatever reason, they, they actually managed his innings this, this year, unlike Farrell. And he still wasn't right at the end of the year, which is really, really concerning. Um, but assuming he doesn't have some some sort of career ending or career lingering situation happening, I mean, he's only he's only twenty nine years old. He's got three to five really good years left, you'd think. Yeah, and, he's one hundred percent. He's the best guy in the AL. I mean, and look, Verlander's thirty five, and he's one of those bigger bodied pitchers that seemingly can pitch later in their careers like Clemens, although obviously with the steroids, that's not a great analogy. Um, so you know, just, you just don't know that Verlander's cliff could literally be after this postseason, And, you know, I just don't see him at 38 being who he is, who he was this year, uh, where with sale, I do expect good, good, you know, good things in the near future. Um, I'm just kind of shocked that he was as bad as he was. Um, and like I said, uh, quickly, and um, I got interrupted by my uh, my dog. I, I I wonder what the effect of him throwing that eighth inning was. And I have I I have a feeling that he went into a game and pitched really well, but f- fucked with his recovery. And I know there was a ton of time off, but. It's that time of the year where not, it's just you're outside of your normal rotation because you're not pitching every fifth calendar day. Um, and I just wonder that they put another thing in. Like, he's already going to have a different uh, regimen. And then, hey, let's go put him in a super high leverage situation in the eighth inning. And I'm just wondering, and I actually, I, I mean, I, I, I think this is what happened. I think that that has an effect on the way he was tonight. It's an interesting theory, actually, um, but I think I don't think he threw a side session in between, and that that you know inning of relief essentially was his side session. And if you think about it, he's pitching one inning, coming off of six innings, and then you know this time around he's pitching. He ended up going four off of that one relief inning, so. 
it could have been. I mean, because he didn't. The All Star break was similar. He pitched one inning and was absolute nails in four or five starts leading up to it. Pitches the All Star game, and then I think immediately goes on the DL. I don't think he made his next start. So it's it's possible. You know, you could go either way. I I just want to say though, I did ask that question because back then I was in the extreme minority. That would have taken Verlander at that time, and if you if you remember right, it was after the 2016 season when Porcello somewhat controversially won the Cy Young because there was a problem with one of the Tampa Bay writers. I can't remember if it was a clerical thing, but some mistake happened, and then he later admitted had had he done things right, that would have given Verlander the Cy Young nod, and that halfway through that season was his turning point. And I think he, he he further improved because Houston has this really dynamic pitching program. I mean, we saw we saw Cole, you know, improve greatly, you know, from last year and Ryan Presley as well, just, you know, based on his second half of the season versus first half. And I just liked Verlander better at the time. And he, we wouldn't have had to give up a Moncada or Benintendi type because the contract was so big. Um, and so it would have been a lesser prospect haul and we'd just be taking on more money. Houston ended up only paying him 20 of the $28 million annually. So they got roughly, uh, I'm bad at math, a roughly 25% discount or whatever on him. And I just... I just like I just trusted him more, you know. He he can he can pitch well for you all year. He pitched in a couple of uh I think two different World Series and when you look at his age, he was like 33, 34 at the time. Kurt Schilling was 37 when he arrived in Boston. So um I don't know. That's just the way I would have went. I just I like the 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 trade package better and going back i i want i wished it happened even more at this point because as you said jeremy he's 35 years old and i saw him hit 98 on the gun tonight our guy struggled and wasn't healthy and i think topped out at 94 so i don't know that's why i asked i mean look the 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 hypothetical situation fits the narrative for tonight because Chris wasn't Chris and Verlander, you know, I don't think he was great um, by any stretch. Um, and I think, you know, the Red Sox did enough to one, get him out of the game. And then, you know, the bullpen was, you know, the problem is, you, you know, look, just, to, just to put a button on the sale thing and Billy, maybe you want to chime in six weeks ago, this question would, you know, we were doing this podcast six weeks ago after after he beat the Orioles. We'd all be saying Chris Sale. All so right. you do it now, and it's hard to disagree with you, Terry. I disagree with you. But obviously, you know, any rational being is going to say, well, geez. I mean, I just saw a situation where I'd probably rather have Verlander, so I'm going to agree with Terry. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'd like to think that maybe – uh, at the end of the series, we're we're back to where I think we were, where we're all kind of, you know, one loving that sales our guy and that he's you know hoping that he signs an extension because he comes back and he pitches better than ever. 
So we'll see what happens. But for now, I mean, obviously, it's pretty hard to say that you wouldn't have wanted to have Verlander tonight anyways. Yeah, it was just a bad night to ask me that question. I mean, after watching what Sale did tonight. I mean, even, but, like, you have to look at it. Sale wasn't good tonight, but at the end of the night, he gave up two runs. Like, he fought, and, like, I don't know. I love to watch that. Well, by the way, that's the difference between Price and Sale, right? Yeah, exactly. Price, Price, Price goes Price in the clubhouse and plays Fortnite. Sale battles his nuts off and gets you through four innings and, and passes it off with a, with a chance to win the game. And a game, by the way, he doesn't take the loss because you tie the game. So he does exactly what you expect him to do, which is just just battle and give you a chance. And he, I mean, I, I look, I give him some credit because we have a guy on our roster who happens to be a complete worthless sack of shit who, in this same situation, I, I would have doubted that we saw him in the fourth inning, maybe not the third inning. And he probably would have given up four, not two. So, look, I mean, he wasn't good. Something's wrong. Or he just didn't have it, and that sometimes happens. It just happened to happen in game one of the ALCS. But he battles his nuts off, and I give him credit for that. I would have I would have gone as early as July, or basically as early as the second DL stint. I would have doubled down on the Verlander thing, and you know, I the whole time I, I've wanted Verlander, so I, I've just been kind of hoping that Sale would work out anyway. And I'm not saying I don't like Sale. I just I just have a lot more faith that Verlander, you know, could kind of get us to the promised land. But I'll also say. What's that? No, I'm sorry. I thought you were. I thought you had hit a pause to stop. My well, bad. Well, I I also I also want to say that if this series doesn't go well and, and Sale doesn't look good in in Game Five, if he pitches Game Five, if we even get to Game Five, I'm probably going to be one of the earliest people on the on the don't sign Sale bandwagon because I just have serious concerns that this guy is not going to perform in his in his 30s and i mean he probably and it would be in his best interest and and this would be a tough pill to swallow because we've seen we just saw him strike out 300 people last year but he he's best interest is probably an andrew miller type role like that's the type of situation that's going to keep him healthy i i don't think i don't think 200 innings a year and he he just hasn't done it. He has never been a second half of the year pitcher. And now, as he nears thirty, he's not even healthy. He's not even healthy in the second half. So Terry, I mean, look, one one of the okay, we're gonna get outside of like the ALCS here and more into like just generally speaking how to, how we're gonna handle this guy. One, I I really, if we're being honest, I'm not a huge fan of. I'd rather go back to and like we did it with Alex Rodriguez when Bud Selig dicks that trade, um, you know, and and that was actually a good situation. Like, oh my God, thank God Alex Rodriguez wasn't a Red Sox. But I I just hate this. Like, let's go back in time and let's pretend that the GM made the trade and we got the guy and like I, I'm just a I'm just more of like a in the moment type of fan. And and Terry, you and I are way different baseball fans, right? I mean, same team, love the team equally. But we are very different baseball fans. I have no, I, I, I have never once went back and said, "Oh my God, I wish we traded for Van, Verlander instead of Sale." He's a perennial Cy Young guy, and yeah, there's some questions, and yeah, we just lost Game One, and the optics aren't great right now. But like, why are we even doing that? Like, he's he's an absolute stud. 
on August 15th, he was the clear-cut Cy Young Award winner. And he's been an absolute stud. And I think last year he, he, he got a little too focused on himself. Farrell was managing for his job and probably ran him out there a little bit too much. But, like, he's been awesome. He's the premier left-handed pitcher in the game, except for Kershaw and, and maybe Snell. So, I mean, like, are we really doing this? Are we really doing, like, I'd rather have Verlander right now than Sale? Are we really going to try to revise the roster and, and try to and, and, and make it seem like it's, it's, you know, look, they didn't show up tonight. Chris didn't show up tonight. Nunez stunk. No one got a big hit. No one made the big play. But the roster is pretty fucking good. And, and if we're going to go back and try to revise history and, and, and explain away the loss, like, I just, I'm sorry, I don't know that I have a, a ton of effort in it. And I, I think, think you, it's, it's I think you misunderstood me. I think you misunderstood me. When I said I'm going to get on the don't sign sale bandwagon, that's in the future. That's that's after this next season. And if you don't want to get that yeah, far and, in the future, that's fine. But I'm just warning no, you right I'm, now, I'm, that's the direction I'm heading. So uh, if, I, okay. if, if he so, can't keep right. his fucking well, ass on the field, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a big proponent of it. I mean, it's it's a borderline homerish take to ignore all the red flags. There's a lot of fucking red flags right now. So okay, the, well, I don't disagree with you on the on the. Uh, well, I was planning on finishing my comment about you saying uh, about the the you know the contract extension. So now my comments up until when I stopped was in the past and going back and saying after he, he didn't look great and Verlander looked better saying, well, I wish this happened back then. And and I, and I don't know the details about how close we were to getting him and all that sort of things and what the prospects were and whatever, but moving forward, I, I actually, so I disagree with you on the first half of what you said. I actually tend to agree with you on the second half of what you said. I had already and let the extent, first half go that the first half was gone before you went on a really you know, intense response there. I'm talking in the future now. Yeah, no, and I, and I, okay. If this series doesn't go well, which is if we get to game no, five, not. if he gets a chance to even do it, that's what I'm talking about. And if he, if he looks like shit in game five, he could be on the verge of shoulder surgery for all we know. And I just okay, want no I, part of it. I, I agree with you on that. And actually, I don't need to see anything else. I have major concerns resigning him. Okay. And if, you're, if you're talking about, and that's why I'm saying I disagreed with the first half of what you said. I don't know what I was trying to say is I agree with the second half. If they're talking about $30 million for Chris Sale, I have great reserve. I have great reserve. You know, if you can get him for like 18, 20 million for three years, fine. Like, that's the type of money the Red Sox can throw around and not be like completely hampered by it. But absolutely not anything over three years and absolutely not over 22 and a half million. And what, and Terry, what I talked about was Verlander has that Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens body where guys that size can pitch later in their careers. Cause they just, they have the, you know, they have the, uh, I don't know the girth. That's a bad phrase, but he does. Chris sale doesn't have it. I mean, he doesn't have it. He's not going to be pitching like Verlander does. Like if Verlander's good again next year in his year 36 season, Chris Sale's not going to be that. So, um, you know, I do agree with you strongly that I don't like any massive contract for Chris Sale, and I don't need to see anything else. I'm already there. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's in his best interest to maybe take on an Andrew Miller type role, you know, going forward. Maybe not next year or the year after, but eventually that's probably going to have to be, um, you know, the the situation he gets into. And I don't think that's going to happen, but... Some team will throw money to be a starter. I just hope it's not the Red Sox. Well, the other thing too is the Chris the, the Miller situation. What's his contract, Terry? You're you're just better at that stuff than me. Well, he's going to be a he's like going to be a, thirty-six million. Yeah, that's about what it was, and and his yeah he, he just finished Chris up Sale, that deal. Chris Sale as a starter, even a middle. What did we talk about? Ian Kennedy. And some of those guys, a couple podcasts ago, where these guys are getting like twenty five million a year, it's crazy money. Like Chris Sale is even a number two is going to get twenty to twenty five million a year. Well, I got it Miller, right here actually. Yeah, when Miller signed that deal, he was the preeminent guy in that role, and his his contract was three for thirty six. So here's here's his market value according to SportTrack.com. This is about what Chris Sale could expect to get um after next year and it it says six years 188 million dollars no yeah that's if we sign that we're stupid that's what 31 a year yep yeah that's no i mean he better win the cy young next year for that to happen and and give you more than three really good months did you say six years? Yeah, six years, $188 million. So he's pitching at 36. No, 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 no. Let's not, let's not do David Price again, please. I would be surprised out of the league when he's 37. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. He's not, he's a wiry guy. And, and like, he does this, he, his mechanics are very awkward and put a ton of stress on his arm. He, he, his plant leg is like 35 degrees off home plate and then he whips his body across his plant leg to get back to where he can deliver the ball to home plate like it's it and i'm again i'm not a pitcher by trade but his mechanics just have to put a tremendous amount of stress um i just don't see it at all at at all now if i would rather have chris sale or verlander like as of again six weeks ago it was it would just be a much different question but moving forward Terry, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you. Oh, I think everybody would. I'll do a poll on it right now. Like, you've seen me, you know, I like to bash Red Sox fans, but just nobody nobody else looks forward and anticipates, you know. Your average fan doesn't do that. Maybe maybe your hardcore ones, but, but everybody I, – I just did – I fielded like 60 or so applicants, you know, to come on to this podcast and co-host with me. And one of the questions, as Billy knows, I asked, you know, would you sign Chris Sale? Is it in the Red Sox best interest to sign Chris Sale? And that that's how I worded it. And this was as of three weeks ago or so. And... I would say 90% of them resoundingly said yes, you know, and, you know, and I, I was a little disappointed. Yes without, yes, without talking about what the numbers would be? 
Um, I I forget how I worded it. I mean, I can pull it up if you want, but um, I know I it's a, yes. It's a yes at it's I a yes at three years, forty five million. But yeah, that's right. not realistic. Do you agree with though. that, Terry? Well, I mean, that would be a great contract. I, I would agree with that, but I just don't think. I don't think he would accept it. Yeah, because like I said, I just read off a of sport track. It's it's going to be roughly, barring shoulder surgery this year, it's going to be, you know, a six year deal. Yeah, and like he hasn't gotten his big payday yet, and strictly based on numbers, he deserves it when he's a free agent. If we're just looking at the numbers, right? I just I just don't know how many people are really looking at it. You know, looking at the foresight and, and and what's happened the last couple of years, and yeah, so I'm just I'm just saying that's why I I said I didn't think we were gonna get this deep into it, but I I fully expect to be one of the earlier ones out there saying I'm I'm not gonna be on board with this, and I'll tell you one guy who is gonna be on the market is uh, and if he doesn't get traded this offseason, he's got one year left on his deal. So he hits the market the same exact time Chris Sale does is Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner, right? Yeah. yeah. I, barring injuries to him, I'd be all for that. <laughs> He's. Yeah, what's he? 20, 26, 27? Uh, he might be a little bit closer to thirty because he was he he pitched in the twenty ten World Series. So I mean, he's been. Oh yeah, he did. He's older than I thought he was. Yeah, so he's probably closer to thirty, but he's been there and. I don't think I mean he's not really a velocity guy, is he? He's got that weird sidearm delivery and I think he's like a ninety three to ninety five guy, like nothing crazy. Right, and those are the guys that stick around. I mean Cole Hamels, I mean he's pitching fairly well into his mid thirties. Andy Pettit pitched into his 40s. Like, I'll take a guy with, you know, a little bit lower velocity. Cliff Lee was another guy, pitched pretty well into his 30s. Those are the type of guys I like because they have longer careers. And Verlander, not to keep going to him, but he's kind of made adjustments so he doesn't have to go out there for eight innings and just blow guys away. It's there if he wants it, but, you know, he's he's adapted. And not every guy can do that going into their 30s. I mean, Pedro was okay, but, I mean, I don't know that he really, you know, he didn't really do much after 04 and clearly wasn't the same guy. And so many of these guys fall off. And, I mean, I think that's going to be sale. Price has, to his credit during the regular season, he's found ways to, to get guys out as well. You know, and he's adapted pretty well for a guy in his 30s. He just has the mental block in October as we are as we keep finding out. But um, but those are the guys. He'll prove us wrong. What's that? Maybe he'll prove us wrong tomorrow. Maybe he'll turn everything around. <laughs> Well, hopefully, because, you know, like we said in the intro, if we're down two to nothing, that's uh, that's pretty ominous. Yeah, tomorrow's a series. Tomorrow decides a series. If we lose, that's a series. Right. And the other thing, too, I mean, we're jumping ahead an extra game, but Avoldi typically doesn't pitch well unless it's against the Yankees. And he certainly doesn't go deep in the game, so... That's uh, going to take some some good management on Cora's part to, you know, work out a, a strategy throughout the game. But, uh, yeah, so 
I don't know. I, mean, I would have I would have whoever you plan to be your long reliever tomorrow warming up at the time David Price throws his first pitch. Because, I mean, that's that's what I expect from him. Yeah. Immediate well, problems. He'll probably be too tight. He'll yank his first four pitches. Yeah, he'll walk the lead off, he'll walk he'll walk the leadoff hitter and I will uh, you know I don't know I might I mean I might go looking for a tall building it, 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 I don't know <laughs> you know I, I <sighs> why do we have to end with David Price I, I this oh, guy just I, I know you know what the thing is I'm not even excited about the game tomorrow like I always get excited like okay the Red Sox play today like it's always an exciting thing. And tomorrow, like I feel like, just it, it, like it's it's such a different like I'm going into tomorrow to tomorrow with no excitement, no positive expectations, for the first time in a really long time, and it just sucks. It sucks the fun right out of the fact that this team is in the ALCS. Yeah, I mean the only silver lining is by the time prices starts over, the Patriots will be starting because what first pitch is at like what seven ten. Patriots start at eight thirty. Price will be out of there by then. Game will probably be over. That's what well, I've been joking about all week because, you know, it could very well be over by 8.30 or whenever the Patriots start. Yeah, I mean, there's a very real chance that the Astros score two touchdowns before the Patriots do tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. 14 runs? Uh, I'm just telling you right now. What if Corey just leaves with, Tyson with, to get look, like 20 runs? Sale won game one of the ALDS, and Price still came out as tight as he did and stunk out loud. Now the flip side has happened. Sale struggled. They lost. And now the whole entire series rests on his shoulders. Yeah, in like I game mean, two, when Price, got, when Price was going to his bullpen, he got a standing ovation. Like, he's not getting that tomorrow. Look... Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to set up two TVs. I'm going to be optimistic as much as humanly possible. I'm not excited for the game. I'm going to have them both on simultaneously. Um, if I'm invited on this podcast tomorrow, I will be on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, but at the same time, like, it, it, I made the mistake in the ALDS to be excited for his start. It just, could you imagine this? the flip of the series if Sale isn't Sale? And then the 0-9 with a 6.02 ERA in the playoffs comes up and pitches like seven scoreless, and you win the game like six to nothing. Like the whole series would be flipped on its head. Maybe so. we'll just playing all along. <laughs> oh, Billy, I hope so, man. I I just think the pressure is already there, you know. And no, we're screwed. We're screwed, He's Terry. I would love to go. Better. Terry, I would love to go back to the prediction. Uh, portion of this podcast from the other night because I feel a little bit like a horse's ass uh, with how I came out pretty strong on a couple of topics, including Fenway Park being a factor, including how, including how optimistic I was for sales start um, because it seems like everything I said was wrong. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm really bummed, just generally speaking, about the whole situation. Yeah, well, I I picked I picked the Yankees to beat us, so I mean it wasn't wasn't easy wasn't hard to pick the Astros really, especially how they beat the Indians. But well, um, well, the other thing, and like I, you know, I hate giving you credit, but I'm going to do it right <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> I actually hate giving anybody else credit, but I'm going to do it specifically for you, Terry. Um, 
everything you said, everything of like you said is a concern, and we don't need to rehash it because people can go back to to the last podcast and hear it. Like literally everything you said came true today. You know, concerns about the fact that Nunez would be in over Devers, like dead on Terry. Thanks. You know, uh, you, you had some concern that sale would be sale dead on. Uh, you said that the series would be over if they won today and that we would be feeling the way we are. And like, I, it's just dead on. So, you know, I'm just going to listen to everything you say at this point. I, I feel like honestly, um, uh, Astros and six, I mean, that means we get back to Fenway Park and we have a chance. So, I mean, it just it stinks. I'm just really down about the whole situation. And the fact that no one hit, they had three hits, three walks or four walks, seven base runners. I mean, you just never have a chance to win a game doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate the props, but uh, I'd rather just be wrong tomorrow be wrong about david price and if david price wins tomorrow then i mean losing two in houston would still suck but at least we're still guaranteed one more game at fenway you know and there like there's other scenarios i mean even if price comes out in the first or second as long as it's limited to three four hopefully no more than five runs you know maybe you know, maybe we can find some offense in there, and and you know, with Cora being ejected, hopefully, he's a smart enough guy to know that their heads were not in the game tonight. You know, they weren't clicking, and hopefully, he can kind of rein that in, and maybe we'll just see a different team. You know, that comes out aggressively tomorrow. You know, in, in all the right ways, and and uh, keeps us in the game. So. They just didn't look like they belonged tonight. Yeah. Fair. Fair. It just looked like the moment was too big. Yeah. Uh, they all like David Price. Well. That's that's true. No no one left the game with hand tingling as far as I as far as I've been told. So not quite David Price, but I get your point. Joe Kelly showed up. I think we can say that for him. No, that was nice to see. That was I nice. thought he I, I I thought the part where he struggled was due to the fact that he shouldn't have still been in the game. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. He 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 was definitely in at least one batter too long. And that that run doesn't score and the game stays tied until the ninth if yeah. if you know, if Renicky makes that. But you could tell that Levangie was probably calling those shots anyway. So <sighs> Oh. Yeah, well, all right. Anyway. I mean, Jeremy, you, you know, I'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, Billy, if you want to come on, we'll just uh, we'll just reconvene. Uh, hopefully, well, if it's yeah, seven o'clock, yeah, it won't shouldn't be much more than uh, eleven p.m. by the time uh, we're ready. Yeah, if you'll have me, I'll, I'd love to be back on tomorrow because okay. whether oh, price is good and I have to eat crow or he's bad and I can gloat because I called it, um, I'd still like to talk about that. So. He's okay. even calling it at this point. Like everyone's calling it for him to suck. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's literally nothing to suggest that he's going to be good. Literally, there is no evidence to suggest he will be good tomorrow. No, not recently. You have to go back to his regular season September game, which might have been the last game he 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 did look okay. But 
but it's a different animal and you know they're talking about mechanical things from the last game and i i think it really it's mechanical things in his brain that's screwing with the physical mechanics and there's really not a whole lot you can do about that you know aside from you know drugs or whatever but <laughs> then then i'm all for those drugs whatever <laughs> yeah we'll get into that but anyway we'll call it and uh see what happens tomorrow Terry, uh, despite the fact that we're all a little down tonight, uh, thank you for having me. I did have a good time. Yeah, okay. Good show. Yeah, it was nice to vent. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Get get some sleep, and, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All right. Good night, guys. As you could expect, not the happiest podcast we've ever recorded. And... Uh, not a good game one, you know, but we are still in the ALCS and we've been in worse shape than this. So, you know, maybe, maybe they find it. Who knows? But, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So thanks for tuning in and, uh, everyone, uh, enjoy your weekend. Where I long to be, I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I sleepwalk through the days when there's a West Coast swing. Married to the TV and the radio. For tickets in October, I'd give It's a kind of insane.